This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. Let's go to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. We're talking with the great Terry Francona. I know everybody poo-poos baseball fights. They're like, hey, you go out there and everybody's just talking yeah. and shoving. But when you get out there, man, those guys are big. They they get after yeah. it. And when they get after it, man, look out. It makes you a little nervous. Robin Ventura still won't talk about Nolan Ryan to, to this day. <laughs> he wants nothing with that conversation. Listen to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time for a one-of-a-kind poker party. Poker Night in America is streaming live from Studio 52 in Las Vegas. Join us nightly at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as some of the biggest names in poker play in the ultimate house game. Watch on the Poker Night in America channel on YouTube and Twitch or go to PokerNight.com. Poker Night in America is back and ready to party. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome along to the Betting Weekly Extra Time World Cup Edition podcast in which we'll be looking ahead to the final games in Groups A to D. And alongside me to do so are first up, George Gamble. How are you, sir? How are you enjoying the World Cup? Yeah, I am enjoying it. It uh, There's been quite a few unexpected results. Um, Obviously, we won't talk too much about England the other night. It was dross, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm enjoying it and uh, looking forward to discussing these next rounds of games. Good stuff. And also joining us, our man on the ground in Qatar, uh, Nigel Seeley. It's, you're a good few hours ahead. I think that's why you're looking a bit fresher than us. Certainly. Ooh, I don't feel it. I can assure you that. I, I just, I just need, all I need to know is where, you can be, where you've got to go to get a beer around it. I've got no idea what to do. I'm struggling, gasping. But um, it's been absolutely amazing out here. Fantastic. Um, all the media said it's the worst place to have a World Cup. It's nothing like that. It's more like Ibiza than the Doha. Beach clubs, uh, unbelievable. It's uh, really, it's, it's opened my eyes to this part of the world, actually, to think that, um, you know, how, how how our image and how, how we view these countries and what they've done and the hospitality and, you know, just the organisation going into the grounds is, is phenomenal. I mean, you would never see, you know, when, when I went to the European Championships and saw the scenes at Wembley, you wouldn't see that out here. The stewarding, people were telling people to take their feet off the off the seats and things like that, and, and they all abided by the rules. It was just it's eye opening actually to watch it and to see uh, uh, watch a game just with mixed with ten, fifteen different people from different countries all around you. It's uh, I've really uh, I've really enjoyed my time, and I can't wait for the tournament to, uh, and I can't wait to come back out here for the knockouts as well. Brilliant stuff. Of course, uh, Lionel Messi lit up the tournament last night. Kylian Mbappe's been on fire. The USA held England to a draw. There's been plenty of talking points so far and we expect there'll be more to come going into the final round of group games. As I said, we're going to be looking at groups A to D and we'll come to George uh, for the first pick. Uh, Netherlands take on Qatar. I haven't been all that impressed with the Netherlands, but I certainly haven't been impressed with Qatar, George. So what's your kind of angle on this one? Yeah, no, I completely agree. I've not necessarily been uh, impressed with Ireland, to be honest. But, and I personally feel, you know, Louis van Gaal is actually the star of this, this Netherlands side and the way he operates. But um, 
Yeah, to be fair to the Netherlands, they've opened the scoring in all of their last five outings. And let's be honest, they should be doing the same here. Um, but that Ecuador match, I mentioned Louis Van Gaal, he just wasn't happy at all. It was, and let's be honest, they were lucky not to lose it in truth against Ecuador. Um, obviously getting that one or draw. But you know, even he felt they were second to every ball, was sloppy in possession and just weren't aggressive enough in duels. Uh, they do currently top the group. Obviously, if they drop points and uh, Ecuador beat Senegal, that picture could change. So I think they're just going to want to put it beyond all doubt and claim a good win over Qatar. Um, they're all, you know, Qatar already out of the World Cup. Obviously, successive defeats from their opening two matches. Uh, but it means they've exited the tournament at an earlier stage than any other host nation. Um, and they'll be playing for, for nothing but pride, if you can call it that here. They just look completely, I don't know what you guys thought, but I feel like they looked completely overcome by the occasion. Um, you know, they looked a bit better against Senegal, obviously get while get on the score sheet. Uh, but they still conceded tw- at least twice in both games and they just looked a little bit out of their depth. Um, and I was tempted by a Netherlands possibly covering a minus two Asian handicap, but I agree with you. I've not been that impressed with them. Um, so I just prefer the look of a Netherlands win to nil. Um, I know Qatar scored against Senegal, but I just think they'll struggle to create any meaningful opportunities against them. Uh, this Dutch outfit and you know that Qatar's destiny has already been sealed and it's I just think they'll, they might play with you know they'll play without the pressure put on them so we could see a bit of a better performance but the disparity in quality between the two of them is is there for all to see so yeah I'm going to side with the Netherlands win, win to nil it's you know it's not the great surprises you know you're not going to make millions on it minus 141 but still I just I'm not sure I see anyway that doesn't happen so in the edge you know a 2 nil win that'll do me Nigel, just quickly on on Qatar, they have been massively underwhelming, haven't they? I know a lot of us felt, myself included, that you know they could, you know, give it a real go in this group, but they just haven't turned up so far. I think George is right. I think they've been overwhelmed. I think they were very nervous in the first game. They're a young squad. Uh, the other thing as well is here is that you, there isn't much home support. That's the one thing you you do notice here. There isn't many people with Qatari flags. You know, if you if this World Cup been held in London, you'd have. Everyone walks around with English shirts. So in America, the USA will be very, very heavily popular, uh, pop, popular with the fans. The Qataris uh, walked out of the first game, didn't they? When they, when they were behind left at halftime, uh, walked out of the stadium. And when you walk around town, there's a lot more Saudi Arabian fans here than the Qataris. You don't see people in the Qatari shirts. But you see set the green of Saudi Arabia all across Doha. So um, yeah, there isn't much support for them. So when I when I come here, I thought the stadiums were going to be absolutely rocking with 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 uh, with fans, which which would be a huge uh, advantage for them. But it doesn't seem to be that way. When you go to the fan parks, there isn't many Qataris. It's like um, the, the country's taken on the, the World Cup in terms of creating revenue, in terms of bringing a new uh, audience and diversity to the country. But it hasn't taken it on as a football uh, perspective. So um, you can see that, you know, it's, when they're playing, you know, it's not like the traffic stops because uh, Qatar are playing. Uh, no, nobody's watching. Uh, so that's that's a big negative for them. Uh, just with uh, just some sort of stats on the World Cup. Obviously, when you go into the final group stages, the goals tend to go up. Uh, when you've got a lot of games where teams have got nothing to play for, in particular Qatar, they play with a lot more freedom. Um, so that, that brings in the total goal angles. The first couple of games are usually quite cagey. But this World Cup, more than any other World Cup, there's a lot of things undecided. So there's going to be a lot of groups where, you know, there, there aren't, you know, Qatar are only one, only one, I think they're the only one or only one nation that have actually gone out of the tournament. So there's a lot of things to still play for, which could mean that uh, we might see other markets uh, go up uh, rather than the goals. The traditional trend of the goals is to go up when games are, are not important. 
So that's well worth looking at that and, and sort of going against the statistics on that goal market. But uh, the one thing the Qataris will do is if someone does score in, in this game, he'd probably get given a Rolls Royce or a, or a, or a, or a or two Rolls Royces. So uh, so there, there is probably some kind of financial aspect for, for the Qataris to go out and score a goal. And if they won the game, they'd be treated like heroes by the, by the, the Emir and the people out here that want them to do well. So there would, even though they've got nothing to play for, uh, as a nation, I think there probably will be some sort of financial uh, reward for them if they won this game. Nigel, your first pick is from that group as well. Uh, Ecuador taking on Senegal. And, and you've gone uh, for a slightly different angle in terms of, of what you're looking at here. It's not goals. I've No, I've got all, all my bets today on the same market. And um, it's not laziness. It's not me trying to uh, to, 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 to not put in the homework. It's, it's totally the opposite. Uh, I looked at the goal markets and I tried to look at games where there was nothing to play for. But like I said, there isn't very many games, nothing to play for. This World Cup is unlike any other World Cup going into this stage. There is a lot of very, very, very important matches. And probably the most important of them all is Ecuador against Senegal. There is nothing between these two sides really on paper, I don't think. I think there's, there's no edge on either. Uh, Senegal are a very big, powerful side uh, who blew the Qataris away. Ecuador have probably been the surprise package of the tournament. Uh, but I still don't think they are as good as the market suggests that they are. I feel that... Uh, you know, I, I think they, 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 they could have won by more against Qatar in the first game. And I think that the market was sort of overlooked by expectancy on that Qatar could surprise. But I think Ecuador, a little bit of the uh, uh, the team that have, have impressed, but I, I do feel that they're, they're a bit of a public play. So I think this game is going to be, uh, I mentioned towards Senegal in the game. I want Senegal to win for my futures because I've got Senegal and Netherlands to qualify from this group. But the market I like here, and it's the market I like on all the games today. It's in the games where there's something to play for, where these two guys have got to win, they've got to go for it. I'm going to play on the bookings markets or the cards markets. Uh, this match here, the, the line is over four and a half uh, cards, and that is minus 112. Well, I think that's got to be a bet when you consider the game. Uh, when Ecuador played against Qatar, there were six uh, yellow cards in the game, in the opening game of the World Cup. Uh, in the second game against the Dutch, there was only one. But it, got, it felt as though, to me, it was a game that the draw wasn't a bad result for both sides and they sort of settled for it. So the intensity of the game changed a lot. In the Senegal game, the first game against Holland, there was three uh, yellow cards. Uh, and then in the second game against Qatar, there were six. Uh, I've went through the last uh, three World Cups uh, and games what was important. So if you look at the games when there was something to play for in the group, uh, and rather than nothing to play for, and in particular, like this a winner-takes-all clash. There was one, two, three, four... Five, six, seven, eight, nine. There was eleven games in the last three World Cups, and only three of those matches uh, never cashed over four and a half. So eight of them went over four and a half. Three of them went under uh, four and a half. And the average cards uh, in those matches uh, was four point nine, so just under five a game. So that's my. I know it's a small breakdown. It's only three World Cups. I only got up an hour ago, so give me. I've had a bit more time. I would have done more World Cups. But I think given this World Cup and the way it is, and we're coming into this final stage, there's a lot to play for. And I don't think like any like World Cups before, I don't think there's a lot between the worst team in the competition and the best team in the competition. And we've seen that in some of the fruit results going forward. So Mitch, I, when two sides like these very evenly matched, I love the, uh, the over cards here. So I'm going to go for over uh, three and a half, was it three and a half? Sorry, five or four and a half cards at minus 112 Ecuador against Senegal. 
George, you've also got a pick uh, from this game. Uh, again, it, well, it's not on the cards market. Uh, you've decided to look at the uh, both teams to score market. Talk to us about that. Yeah, absolutely. But it kind of sort of ties itself in with, uh, you know, Nigel's reasoning for that game. I think it could be quite an edgy an edgy clash and there's not going to be a lot between them. Uh, and I think that could produce cards. So yeah, I'd agree with Nigel on that one. Um, do you know who the ref is for that one? Nigel? Is it I don't think they've announced them. I think they announced them today. No. I don't think the referees come yeah. out. I don't, I don't. I don't think, but um, I, I look through. I look through to try and find the ref, but I, I just look through the breakdowns yeah. of the of the of the previous World Cups. Yeah, no, well, fair, but I think even so, regardless, maybe who the referee is, just that the game state could be good for that. But no, um, for, for my pick, I just, uh, no, it's a straight shootout for qualification, isn't it? Uh, for the knockout stages, and Ecuador obviously tied with Netherlands on four points, and obviously set, uh, Senegal narrowly behind on three. Um, <coughs> I just think obviously Senegal got to go for it with the Netherlands. Let's be honest, as I mentioned before, likely to pick up those three points against Qatar. Anything less than a win, we'll, we'll see the African champions eliminated. And yeah, I think that sort of gung-ho approach should make for a fairly fun showing. Uh, but I think it'll be more fun showing in terms of both teams going at each other with chances maybe few and far between, in my opinion. Um, there just might not be much in it. And I think Senegal's all-out attack could potentially come back to bite them. That's my only fear. But rather than back a result, I just I think we're just unlikely to see a plethora of goals and I think it could be maybe one goal nix it. Um, Ecuador's one or draw with Netherlands was the first time in their last nine matches where both teams have successfully hit the back of the net. Um, and Ecuador ranking the top 10 this World Cup for interceptions per game, highlighting how they, you know, they just play with such intensity and are able to sniff out danger. But both sides ranking the top 10 for possession lost through poor touches. And I've just watching these two sides have been playing, possession does get rolled over quite a bit. And I, I worry, worry that this could turn into very scrappy game, particularly with a lot riding on it. Um, there's just so much on the line for both sides and they, games like that they <coughs> always produce the most compelling clashes. Um, and I think that could ring true here. So for me, I thought the value was on at least one of these sides failing to score at minus 125. So um, yeah, the both teams to score no market appealed to me. Nice one. Um, Nigel, let's go uh, back to you with the cards angle again. Uh, this time Iran versus USA. Uh, plenty riding on this one too. Yeah, no love lost between these two nations uh, as well, and historically, uh, and currently in the probably the political landscape side as well. So that landscape as well. So there's, there's going to be a bit of an edginess between this game, and when you look at the game and you know the importance of the game for both of these countries, uh, it's it's going to be a fiery encounter, I believe. Here, going back again, I've, I've given you the stats on the World Cup. The other thing that makes this World Cup very different, and it's going to be very different for goals, and it's going to be different for bookings in the knockout stages and essentially these last group games are knockout matches aren't they you know that they, they are knockout matches and what is going to be the big difference here is you will be playing instead of 90 minutes you're going to be playing 110 112 minutes here so if one team needs a draw and one team's winning one nil the last 10 15 minutes is going to be absolutely fanatic it's going to be crazy in terms of goals it's going to be crazy in charm in terms of, of bookings in particularly i mean if a team like Iran and need to push to get an equaliser or, or a win here. Uh, it's going to be all over the place in the last 10 minutes. Uh, if you look at the, the the stats in this tournament, again, the first game against uh, England, Iran, there was only two bookings, but you can completely rule that game out. Whenever you play on the bookings markets or the cards markets, teams where they win 6-0 or 6-2 or they were 3-0 up after, they check that the whole intensity of the game completely changes and it becomes a sort of a, a, a testimonial feel or a friendly feel to the game. So you can, we can pretty much rule out that one out. In the Welsh game, which was 
a fiery encounter. There was four, and obviously it was a red card as well in that game late on. Again, that goes back to the point that they scored two goals and there was a red card in injury time. And it was 10 minutes injury time in that game and everything happened in that last 10 minutes. And that's what you've got to really, really cool think about when you're playing these. If you're an unders better, you're going to be in absolutely panic mode for the last 10, 15 minutes in the injury time. Uh, and then for the USA, there were six bookings in the Welsh game, in the opening game, four of them for the USA. And in the England game, well, that was carved up from the first minute. That was going to be a nil-nil draw. There was going to be no cards. There was going to be nothing happening. And there was nothing happening in that game. So if we rule out the games against England, which were pretty non-events in terms of bookings in this game because of the, the, the nature of the match. And look at the important ones. There's already been four and there's already been six in those games. So they're averaging five cards a game in only two matches. I do understand that. But I think that with this game, the history behind the fixture, the importance in the group, the fact that there's going to be some shenanigans from each team trying to run the clock down, which means we're going to be led in for an extra 10 or 12 minutes. Again, I love the bookings here over four and a half and give them the stats. As I said, 11 matches in matches in the World Cup in the last three years, in 11 matches where the result mattered and there was only 11 of them, eight of them have gone over the booking line of four and a half. George, you've also looked at this game between Iran and the USA. You've gone with a parlay here. Um, tell us what it is. Yeah, gone with the same game parlay. Um, just looking at it, obviously, you know, USA, they, they need to win here after drawing both of their matches, but... I think they've shown enough to suggest you know they can avoid that early trip home. You know, against England, I'd say they were they were still full of energy. Obviously, from an England perspective, it was awful to watch, and they were still full of energy, running everywhere, all over the pitch. Just their you know the final ball and the taking their chances for something to be desired. But um, it's, it's their first knockout game, isn't it? As we just said before, like with everyone really in this position, because to qualify, they they need to win. Um, and uh, Greg Berhalter, you made a good point and highlighted that USA lacked that composure uh, and cutting edge, which I just mentioned before, when getting into those good positions against England. And they'll just need to improve that here. But Iran were obviously on cloud nine when they scored those uh, two amazing stoppage time goals against uh, against Wales. And they're going to have their tails up, aren't they? Because the early start against Wales meant that... that I was, yeah, sorry, going on to the temperature. I was going to say it was around 30 degrees. I wanted to ask you this, night because it was around 30 degrees Celsius and the conditions potentially suited Iran much more. With a late kickoff this time, it could become much cooler. But is there been too I, I much impact? I've spoken to some people. No, so the air conditioning is like making it basically just so it's completely cool. Not, not in the in the afternoon games. The pitch side air conditioning doesn't get to the pitch as much. It's, it gets to the right. gets to the, the into the stands. I've been to an early kickoff and I've been to a late kickoff. The early kickoffs are massively under. I think there's been six games in the early kickoffs and five of them have cashed under two and a half goals. Mm. It's a huge, huge difference in conditions in the evening in, in Qatar here. I, I wear jeans most nights. You know, I put a jeans on, and in yeah. the in the in the game, I've seen people in jackets, and and because it's it's cool, the temperature drops. It, the sun goes down here around about quarter to five. So, but the the most the, the early game at one o'clock local time is sweltering. Uh, yeah. Every other game like that would be normal conditions that you would find in, in any game. And the second half in the, in the second game, the sun would be setting by then. But when the sun sets, it's got a bit of a chill in the air. But the early game. It is hot. You don't want to be playing in an early game if you're a European team. Right. Okay. I mean, going to sort of go back to this game then, Iran versus USA. No, Iran don't necessarily need to go all out and push forward, do they, to claim that winner? But if they go behind, then they've got no choice but to come out. But I'm just not sure about either of these sides when it comes to being efficient with chances. Uh, and it's just a stressful game for both of them with a winner-takes-all feel. Um, so, yeah, I really like the look of the same game parlay 
Um, that was for fewer than three goals being scored and a double chance on the USA or draw or plus money. I just feel that whilst they're not efficient in front of goal, I feel that the USA have got the better players. You know, I've been so impressed with the likes of Weston McKenney and Tyler Adams in midfield. Um, just the, the way that they're all over the park. Tyler Adams, I thought, was actually exceptional against England. Obviously, been brilliant for Leeds United this season. I just feel like they look better equipped to get a result here. Um, but like I said, I think it will be tentative. I don't see a massive load of goals. Um, so, yeah, the under 2.5 goals in the USA double chance at plus money, plus 104, that just made plenty of appeal because all we need is a USA or draw. Um, and I think it'll be a tight match. So, yeah, more than happy to take the plus 104 on that. The other thing to add to that as well is I think Iran look an infinitely better side with Sardar as Moon up front yeah. than without him. And we don't know if he's going to be fit or the one. Fit. The one thing as well, the one thing you remember here is that Iran, uh, the manager is, is Quiros, who obviously is like mm-hmm. one of the most defensive-minded coaches yeah. in international football. So they're going to set the stall out to go and get a draw. That's what they're going to do. They're going to try to match them there. And they're going to say to the Americans, can you break us down? And that would be my fear because... However many chances the Americans did have against England, they couldn't break them down eventually, could they? I mean, they should have been, they should have beaten England, no doubt about it. But that would be my fear. And I think the Americans would much rather a side that went toe-to-toe with them rather than sat back and defended. And um, I think that Iran will just come here and try to spoil. I think they'll just can't try, try to spoil the game. And you remember as well, the other thing you've got to remember about this game is it's really important what's going on in the other game. So if if England are three nil up or three, two nil up for his argument's sake, then then Iran will know that the point does get them through, and America have got to throw everything in in the second half. So I think it's a really good in play game this one. I think the first half you know could be really really cagey nil nil, nothing really happening, and then the second half I think if you if you if you've got an overs ticket or you've got an over bookings ticket, I think it's going to be a game of two halves, and the second half will just implode when they know what's going on in the England game. Indeed. Uh, Nigel, let's come back to you, mate, for the final pick. Saudi Arabia uh, versus Mexico. And again, you've gone with the card. Do you think this is going to be a feisty affair too? Well, this, this, is what, this one is the one that surprises me the most of every single one because the Saudis, one thing you, you see about this Saudi side, they're a very big physical team. Very, very big, towering lads, big, big players. Really physical. And um, I'm surprised that the booking line here is over three and a half. Everyone else is four and a half. This is a World Cup game where the Mexicans need to win, have, have to win to hope for any chance. And they've got to hope that Argentina do a job on Poland, uh, which you would probably expect Argentina to win it. Uh, but the Saudis have got to win the game as well. And if they get, if they do win the game, then anything other than a Poland, uh, you know, if they do win the game, they qualify, don't they? Sorry. So, um, I, I'm really surprised that two sides got to go for the win. If you look at the, the stats here, in the Saudi Arabia-Argentina game, there were six yellow cards. All six of them were for Saudi players. Uh, in, the, in the Poland game, there was five yellow cards. So that's cashed in both of those games. In the Mexican game against Poland, was a sort of dour nil-nil draw. There was three yellow cards. And against Argentina, there was five yellow cards. So over three and a half seems really, really low to me in a match that is probably the, you know, forget Saudi's win against Argentina, their biggest win in their country's history. But I would, I would argue this is probably their biggest game in their country's history. I, I, you know, they've got the biggest win. But this is massive from a win here, gets them into the uh, last 16 of a World Cup. And they're a good team. You know, they, they, they're a really good side. I know Poland beat them yesterday in Poland. But they matched Poland. They were probably arguably slightly the better team in the first half. But... Um, 
yeah, I, I, I don't see any reason why that line should be three and a half. All the other games are four and a half. And when you look at the, the averages in this World Cup, Saudi averaged more yellow cards than any other team in it. So I'm, I'm really surprised. A team that are very aggressive, a team that are very physical, and a team that are playing in their biggest match in World Cup history, I think they get the over three and a half on their own rather than um, combined with Mexico. So over three and a half bookings, minus 152. Bookings, I'm all cards, all cards, all in in these three games. And Mexico aren't afraid to put a challenge in or two either when necessary, no. as we saw last night. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I think you're right to spot that the the line looks just a little bit wrong on this one. And, and so there's value there. Of I think course. that's a good parlay as well, them three. If you, you know, some people might look at this and think, you know, I'm a quite a small player. I, I don't really want to bet things at minus 152 or minus 120 or something like that. You know, we look, you know, people, some people don't look at those as singles and think, uh, it's not for me. They're a small ten dollar better or a five dollar better. Well, that, you know, that's everybody has their has their bit of fun and keep it fun. But um, it, I wouldn't put me. I wouldn't put anybody off having a parlay of those three over four and a half, over four and a half, and over three and a half. I think. To, and I think that you know, look at that trend as well uh, in, in the games in in the in the other groups as well. Um, uh, like when we come on uh, for the later part of the show, probably on Tuesday, we film that. Look at that as well. When games that mean something. For sure. Uh, brilliant stuff, guys. Uh, thank you so, so much. Let's round up uh, the picks from the guys then. Let's start with uh, George's picks. He's gone with uh, Netherlands versus Qatar. Netherlands to win to nil. That's at minus 141. He's gone uh, for both teams to score no in the game between Ecuador and Senegal. That one's at minus 125. And then he's gone for a same game parlay in the clash between Iran and the USA. Under two and a half goals. And then the double chance, USA or draw. And that's at plus 104. Uh, Nigel has gone for uh, over four and a half cards in the game between Ecuador and Senegal. And that one's at minus 112. He's gone for over four and a half cards again in the game between Iran and USA at minus 120. And over three and a half cards in the game between Saudi Arabia and Mexico. That is at minus 152. Uh, make sure that you are, of course, subscribed to the Bet Rivers Network. There's going to be lots more content coming your way covering this World Cup. Make sure you follow us at Because We Win on Twitter, where there's some incredible content coming uh, from Nigel, who's based out in Qatar. Um, and yeah, make sure you're across it because there's plenty, as I say, to come uh, over the next couple of weeks as the World Cup really spices up. Uh, Nigel, anything to add before uh, we say farewell? You off to go get a, a beer? Off to go get a bit of a tan? Well, you I'm going. I'm going. No, it's it's my last day in Qatar today. I come back tomorrow for for five days, and then I fly back out again for the knockout stages. But um, I'm off to the market today to buy. Um, I think, I think the dish dash, what they call the dish dash, all the, all the fans of the, the hair, I'm getting one of them. And uh, I'm going to the game Trump tonight. Day. I'm going to uh, watch Canada v Croatia tonight. So I'm going to see Canada Croatia this evening. Uh, quiet night and then a flight back to London tomorrow and uh, jet back out on Saturday. Nice one. Good stuff. Uh, Nigel, thank you so much. George, uh, thank you so much, mate. Uh, we'll catch you all soon with more content around this World Cup. Make sure you follow, make sure you subscribe, and we'll see you soon. All the best. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Extra Time on the Bet Rivers Network. 
If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider.